0: beverage industry professionals to the shine runner show quenching your marketing distribution and sales thirst for more horsepower on the craft beer cider and spirits industry my name is mark colburn and i'll be your crew chief today's episode is the great tectonic marketing shift taking place in your rear seat Program objective is to provide you with an overview of marketing, distribution, and sales learnings and experiences from a veteran, me, who's been in the craft beer, spirits, and cider business for over 25 years. The goal of this program will be to help you better understand marketing's role, priority, and importance in the marketplace and how it relates to your business model. Let's look at a recap from episode eight. But you know, before we get into the recap, I want to share with you some things I learned at the September California Craft Beer Summit. Uh, One of the keynote speakers was Dr. Bart Watson. He's the chief economist with the Brewers Association. His comments were both enlightening and telling. Here are a few key points. U.S. consumers are drinking less beer with the greatest loss in the off-premise. Millennials, we talked about them in our target marketing Uh, Podcast are drinking less beer than in prior generations, while wine and spirits, by comparison, are less expensive than craft beer, and their share is growing. The craft segment, however, has slowed to 5% growth from 2014's high of 18%. Wholesalers, they've expanded their average SKU count from 196 in year 2005 to over 1,025 in 2016. That's up 423%. And I think that number is even higher having come from that side of the business. The implications? Well, there are a lot. Uh, Distributors are also expanding their geography, which results in fewer stops, more miles per route, and less time for sales reps to sell your beverages. Now, the National Beer Wholesalers Association 2018 report showed average distributor stops per week in 2005 was 1,614. In 2016, it's down to 914. That's down 43%. I apologize for all the numbers, but these are very important. Square miles covered by distributors in 2005 were on average 3,200. But in 2016, there are now 4,700 miles. That's up 47%, while the number of actual wholesalers in 1980, for example, was 4,595. In year 2017, that is down to 3,000, down 35%. On top of it, the number of on-premise bars or on-trade bars in the U.S. is also declining few more important points. In 2018, we've talked about this a number of times in other podcasts. We're forecasting 7,000 breweries, and, and Dr. Watson agrees with this. By the end of this year, 2018, there'll be 7,000 breweries in the U.S. in operation. And there's also 9,000 active permits that have been filed with alcohol, tobacco, tax, and the Trade Bureau. 9,000. Potentially 2,000 coming online in 2019. Total of 9,000. As the number of breweries continues to rise, growth opportunities are becoming harder to come by with per brewery growth, per Dr. Watson, quote, lower than any time in the last decade. So are you what, what are you to do as you look into 2019 and prepare your annual business plans? ABPs, volume and real estate will be squeezed next year. Dr. Watson characterized the outlook as, quote, more competitive and more chaotic. So, investing in a comprehensive marketing plan just may be the fine line between success and failure for you in 2019. The stakes, my friends, are high and the market share dwindling. Now that you're learning what marketing really is, the Shine Runner Show podcast topics could not be more relevant. So let's review episode eight. We spoke about how to create a wholesaler incentive that will literally thumb freeze the audience when we present our program in a sales meeting. We, we began with the, the wholesaler sales team and what makes them tick. What you need to do is you and your reps, you need to ride with these people. Your goal or your team goal is to get into their heads. Find out what really motivates them. How do they define fun. Ask the same questions to each sales rep. Record the responses in your notes. You will find common denominators uh, that can be creatively exploited. Try to experience their day or life to get a better picture of and how an incentive will motivate them. By riding with attending on-premise promotions, and witnessing dozens and participating in uh, multiple wholesaler sales meetings, you will learn to understand and relate to just how this critical group to your brand's success thinks, functions, reacts, and what motivates them. Remember that it's human nature to gravitate towards something fun, something interesting, something creative. Remember, we also looked at psychological incentive payouts with corresponding results. You may recall, remember, I I talked about $5 per placement versus $5.95 per placement. And the results, that extra $0.95 just really stood out in the salesperson's head. And the results were were fantastic. Applied the same uh, theory to draft payouts. Uh, For example, $150, what kind of everybody else was paying, I upped it to $159.95, which is $9.95 more, split 50-50 with your distributor or wholesaler. That's not a whole lot, but the results were very impressive. So, be sure to create sales incentives that are memorable, fun, thematic. Remember, Halloween, Fleet Week, um, Thanksgiving, Christmas, you know, thematic, baseball, football. They've also got to obviously be results-driven and unique. Lastly, remember, wholesaler sales teams will sell And compete for brands and suppliers that they like Be that brand So let's get into episode 9 The great tectonic marketing shift taking place in your rear seat What a weird title Who comes up with this stuff? Anyhow, so you, you may have noticed a subtle change taking place Within the marketing strategies of a great variety of US companies This change is the dramatic investment shift from traditional media channels, not just to social media, but to what I call special event brand standing. As a former consumer products brand manager, I've never seen anything like it. This investment has been significant to the point of stratospheric. In the past decade, medium and large consumer product And service companies have opted to curtail dollars from conventional media options in favor of experiential marketing options such as state, county, and street fairs, including art and wine, craft beer, brews, barbecue, and blues festivals, and even car shows. Why the shift? Well, research from a 2018 Nielsen Insights poll showed that more people, these are 21 and over, are looking for outdoor recreational activities like festivals and events to attend. Think about Austin, our target market, and his yearning to discover new brands, your brands. You've seen the trends. Fewer of us are watching TV commercials or listening to radio ads reading magazines, and, and many people are getting rides via Uber and Lyft or other means, which detracts from out-of-home billboard exposure. So what are the benefits from this shift to special event marketing? Well, let's go over a few. Uh, brand exposure, or as I call it, brand standing. That's that's one of the number one. So let's say you're, you're launching a new product or you want to test something. You want to get uh, a more formal and, and larger reaction to, uh, you know, outside of the brewery or distillery uh, for your new product, your new beverage you're coming out with, your new beer or cider or, or spirit. Uh, also, building awareness. It's a great opportunity to position the brand. Uh, get some visual impact. Uh Three, product trial, brand interaction, sampling. I think it's, it's absolutely imperative you do this. Everybody, I mean, heck, everybody likes something free. Data gathering, uh, that's direct and immediate consumer feedback. When you're giving that product to, the, to that consumer, you can find out immediately what they think of that. Uh, you can also, through data gathering, you can build an email database. You can offer them a free, uh, free pint, a future free pint, you know, at your tap room. You can also engage with the influencer and gatekeeper, those key people like the Austins who have 300 friends in their, their social media you know, back pocket. You really want to capture that, those kind of people and, and get them into your database, your email database. And where legal, you can also hand out coupons. You know, that'll help drive retail or, or off-premise demand. Some other benefits, social media participation. What you want to do is you want to, at these special events, you want to set up what I call a selfie zone. Uh, I've done this uh, a number of times. For example, at at a large county fair in Northern California, we did this with great success where we set up this really cool branded backdrop. People were taking pictures, selfies, and then right next door to them was a large draft trailer for ease of thirst quenching. So we got the social media play, we got the marketing out of it, and then we got the sales. Also, it's an opportunity, a special event, is to uh, convey, share your marketing story. We've talked about that dozens of times now. And your KDA. Remember that when people are on, out on the weekends, they're at these, these great festivals, I, I think about it. I mean, your poker face is down. You're, you're more uh, amenable to a pitch, you know, listening about a marketing story. You've got more time. You know, you're relaxed. You can, you can take in that KDA. There's also reduced competition. It, when people are at these festivals, it's really you and just a few other brands that are there. I mean, you you have a captive audience. So you, you can get that immediate consumer feedback. There's also what uh, goes on, what I call brand sponging. And that's oftentimes where uh, your service providers like the banks and realtors, dentists, window manufacturers, they, they want to pair with cool and popular brewers, ciders, uh cider brand spirits or wine companies. And, and when they do that, it kind of makes their brand cooler and, and they get more pitch time while they're pouring. So if you've got a service provider, a large bank or somebody that wants to share a booth with your brand, uh, they say, hey, yeah, we can do that, but you're going to have to take care of the majority of the, the cost of the booth. That's a, that would be something you could negotiate and take advantage of for your brand. Another little plus uh, with the special event participation is you get wholesaler rapport development because your wholesaler is probably out there setting up this event for you or with you. And you're out there on the weekends and you're, you're, you're building rapport with these people. Also, future event invitation. You can take great steps back to that data gathering. Um, you can take great steps towards brand loyalty. For example, uh, tap room participation. You can invite them to the tap rooms, um, come in for a free pint at a future date. Uh, you can invite them via email uh, or through your social media contacts, uh, venue uh, channels. Uh, you can invite them or talk about on-premise tap takeovers, your on-premise brand promotion and features, and possibly there's retail channel interaction. You know the. Uh, you never know who's going to be at a special event. You might have a buyer come by. Also, um, you know, thinking about the, the consumer uh, interaction and the data gathering, you know, if, if you were to maybe take, uh, take a GoPro or, you know, get some video uh, of, the, of the comments and the reactions to your great beverages, this is ammo from consumers for future retail and or wholesaler sales presentations. You can, say, you can show the buyer, let's say you're making a presentation to a large uh, supermarket uh, tr- a chain, and they say, well, what's different about your product? You know, I've just seen 17 different beers or ciders or spirits or whatever this morning. Well, here, Mr. Buyer, Miss Buyer, uh, here's what consumers said about GT500 Brewing's new tire fry IPA. And you can just reel off 30 seconds of, of very positive comments. And I've done this before uh, at with the trade to differentiate my presentations, and I've done it in wholesaler sales meetings to, to do the same uh, against the competition, your intra-competition. You're, you're, you're always competing for that share of mind with the wholesaler sales team. So show them some of the consumer reactions, and that'll impress them and make them think about your brand as they're going out into their daily sales day. So A recap from Episode 9. In this episode, we looked at some tough industry trends threatening 2019's share of stomach. As we mentioned, craft beer consumption, it's down. It's it's coming down, uh, down from double digits. Bars are being frequented less often. Beer volume will be tougher to come by in 2019. Wholesalers are also shrinking in totality but are expanding both coverage and SKU counts. This slows inventory turns and dilutes sales associate brand focus while in the trade. We also reviewed the shift from conventional media dollars into what I called experiential marketing. This shift makes a great deal of sense as consumers shy away from TV and radio ads, outdoor media, and magazine ads. We also identified where the dollars are being invested by huge firms like Safeway, Bank of America, Chevrolet, Ford, Dodge, Chase, Anderson Windows, many others. We finished highlighting 14 reasons why your beverage marketing plan should include participation in art and wine, craft beer, state, county, blues, and barbecue festivals. Thank you very much for listening. Please check out my website at shinerunnercraftmarketing.com my book craft beer marketing and distribution brace for skumageddon. patreon site shine runner craft marketing where you can subscribe and we'll take a look under the hood to dig deeper into these podcasts for more horsepower and additional content and join us next time on the brewing network's shine runner show for episode 10 special events trial sampling synergies